If you have your Bible, turn to Luke chapter 9. It's a story that you've read probably many times before, but I want to look at it in a slightly different light today because we're talking about this idea of and, that Easter is about God putting an and where we often put either ors. And as we journey through Lent, we've been looking at this word and, and how God puts an and where we put an either or. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about grace and truth. Yet so often we want to divide ourselves, right, divisively, and say, I'll offer grace, but I can't tell you the truth. Or I'm going to give you some truth, but no grace. It's and. Last week, we talked about faith and works, that if you've got the right kind of faith, then some kind of works have to be connected with that. It's not faith or works, it's and works. And as we talk about and, we start to understand the idea of abundance because we're not separating. And we start to understand this idea of togetherness because we're not dividing. The end that I want to talk about today provides us with a crucial balance. And when we put an or or an either in this end, we very, very quickly become off balance in dangerous ways. We've talked about grace and truth, faith and works. Today, I want to talk about the dynamic of giving and receiving. That if we're going to live with balance and honesty and vulnerability before Jesus, we have to get the balance right of giving and receiving. Now, there are people who have a propensity to either side of that argument, right? There are some people who probably wouldn't put an either or there, but the way that they live their lives tends to lean towards getting as much as they can or giving as much as they can. I'm sure you can think of some people who have a bent towards getting. I knew a gentleman, his name was Ed. He died a few years ago at about 93. He was the typical getter. He grew up in the Depression, and that kind of set something within him that throughout his life, every opportunity, he would get, 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 get. And at the end of his life, when his family came to empty the house, it took them months because he was a hoarder. He was a get get, 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 get. The guy was probably a millionaire. He was an accountant, yet he would still be first in line at all the rummage sales because he wanted to get, right? There are a lot of people who have this propensity, this tendency to get, 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 get. There are also people who have this propensity to give. 
What's interesting about this man, Ed, is that he had a wife, Mary, and his wife became very, very frustrated at his uh, get, 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 get attitude because she was a give, 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 give kind of lady. So every time we would go to visit her house when they were alive, she would give us something. She would love it when the kids would come because she could give the kids things. It wasn't things that the kids liked. It was just something she saw on the shelf that she didn't know where it came from, what it meant, but she just wanted to give. And there are people who give and give and give and give. Our society tends to praise and honor those who sacrifice to give, while at the same time encouraging us to get, 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 because we have need. Maybe in their marriage, Ed and Mary worked out the balance of giving and getting. He would get the stuff and she would give it away. But the challenge for those of us who are believing the gospel of and is to figure out in our own lives how we get the right balance of giving and receiving. How we get the right balance of being generous, but also making sure that we have enough to get by. So I want to tell you the story of a guy called Zacchaeus. And you've heard it a hundred times. Short guy, Tax collector, nothing against short guys. Why do you get nervous? That wasn't his biggest problem. <clears throat> short guy, in need, climbs a tree, sees Jesus, Jesus comes to his house. Some of you may know the little song. You know that little song? Little man, that's the one. In England, when we were growing up, the last line said, uh, for I'm coming to your house for tea. <laughs> Which just made perfect sense, but apparently there's no record of that in the scripture. <laughs> but I think Zacchaeus was off balance when it came to getting and he was surrounded by people who were off balance in terms of giving. But it wasn't until he met Jesus that he was able to get this balance between getting and giving right. And the reason was, is because he was trying to get because he had a need in himself. And the people were trying to give to have a need met. But it's only when Jesus meets that need that we can live a life of giving and getting and getting involved in that, that ebb and flow. So Luke chapter 9. Jesus entered Jericho. Jericho is a nice place. Jericho is kind of a little bit like Winter Park today, kind of the Park Avenue kind of scene. It was very posh. It was very prim. It had lots of palm trees, lots of sycamore trees. It was a very well-to-do city. It was the center of a trade route. So whenever anyone was going anywhere, they would have to go through Jericho. 
But because it was such a well-to-do city, part of the attitude, the culture in that city was that if you wanted to make it, you had to keep up with the Joneses, right? You had to have the latest stuff, the latest thing. You had to be seen at the right places with the right people, all that kind of stuff. And that kind of attitude produced in people who were on the wrong side of the tracks, a greedy desire to get stuff so that they could be accepted. Jericho was this city with a keeping up with the Joneses kind of attitude. It says there was a man there named Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus means righteous one, but there was far from anything righteous about this man. He was the chief tax collector in the region. Now, now the way that the taxes worked in these days is that the Romans would outsource the taxes to Jewish people within the city. And the Romans would set a minimum tax of what needed to be collected and handed over to them. But they would let the maximum tax be decided by the tax collector. So Zacchaeus kind of played this for all it was worth. He didn't just get what was needed for Rome from the people. He got above and beyond, and he took advantage of the people around him. He set up this little pyramid scheme as the chief tax collector. You know, it's kind of like a pampered chef for taxes, right? (laughs) Right? So, So... um, does that offend people? I'm sorry if that offends people. I, I, that doesn't. Right? That, that you would like hire these little sub tax collectors and they would make some money and you would make some money off them. It was, a, it was a pyramid scheme, right? And this made him very, very rich. Now, there's nothing wrong with becoming very, very rich, but the problem was was how he made this money, because how he made this money revealed the state of his heart. He wanted to get, 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 because he was becoming very, very greedy. Somewhere inside of him, he had this need to meet that he felt would only be met if he reached a certain level of gettedness. Does that make sense? But we know that if we have a need inside of us, there's not enough stuff that we can get to satisfy that need. You've heard the famous quote from John D. Rockefeller, right? Someone asked him, how much is enough money? His response Just a little bit more, right? Because we never get enough. But here's Zacchaeus saying, get, 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 get. He built his pyramid and it got him, got him, got him. More and more money. But all that money did for him was to make him greedy. Here's one of the ways we get off on this giving and receiving tension is that when we start to get, 
We want to get a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more because we're living in Jericho and we've got to keep up with the Joneses. And to do that, we've got to get and we've got to get and we've got to get. If we get without giving, we become greedy. And that's the problem with much of the society that we live in today, right? With this consumer society that says, you need this, you need that. Get, 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 get. If we get without giving, we become greedy. And greed never satisfies our need. And greed pulls us away from God. Giving and receiving. If we get, if we receive without giving, we become greedy. That's the first part of this story. There's this, this tax collector and he's get, 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 get. And this desire isolates him. It isolates him from those he's trying to impress. It isolates him from those who could help him. It isolates him from any kind of normal relationship. But this greedy man hears somewhere, somehow, about this guy Jesus is coming to town. Somehow he realizes that he's caught in this greedy hole that is never going to satisfy him, never going to fulfill him. And so when Jesus comes to town, he runs into the street, he climbs up the tree, and he waits. It was a rather brave thing to do because everybody in the crowd would have laughed at him. It would have given him another opportunity to mock him. But you know, when we're wrapped up in greed, sometimes we end up in very vulnerable places, right? If we never have enough, if what we've got is never, never enough to satisfy, then we always end up in very vulnerable places. And that's where Zacchaeus is right now. Greed, greed, greed. Get, get, get. There's no generosity. There's no giving in his life. And it's separating from God, him from God. And it leaves him in a very vulnerable place. But you know the story. Jesus comes by. And Jesus doesn't leave us in very vulnerable places for very long. That's one of the good things about him. He says, Zacchaeus, come on down. I'm, I'm coming to your house. I, I need a cup of tea or, or something like that. <coughs> Quick, come down. I, I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement. But the people were displeased. He's going to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. So get this, on one hand, you've got someone who's been getting, 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 and it's made him greedy. On the other hand, you have these people who are starting to grumble. In fact, some versions of the Bible says that they were, they were muttering. And we know what they were muttering. They said, how dare Jesus go and see him? All he does is he's so selfish. He's just consumed by himself. Why would Jesus go do that? What they were saying in their muttering is, this is not fair. 
Because you know why people mutter? People mutter because they don't think they matter. People mutter because they don't think they matter, right? Here's this guy, get, 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 puts themselves in a vulnerable place. Jesus comes to see him. What's up with that? They start to mutter because they think that they don't matter. They've paid their taxes. They've paid their dues. They've done what was asked of them. They've kept the law. They've given and given and given and given and got nothing for it. And so as you had this one man over here who got and got and got and become greedy, over here you have some people who gave and gave and gave and became exhausted. Exhausted to the point that they'd forgotten who they were. They didn't think they mattered. That, that happens a lot too, doesn't it? Think of some, some generous people you know. They give and they give and they give all the way to exhaustion. People do it with their finances, right? They give and they give and they give. They want to be generous, but they don't have anything coming in. And it leads them to financial exhaustion. There are people who do it with their time, right? They help and they serve and they're always there and they go and they go and they go and they don't take any time for themselves and they become exhausted. There are people who do it with their talents, right? With their gifts. This is a gift that God has given me. Let me kind of burn it into the ground and use it, use it, use it, use it. And here's the deal. As people who get without giving, we become greedy. But people who give without getting become exhausted. Now, a lot of the people who get, 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 do it to try and meet a need. You know what? A lot of people who give, 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 try and do it to meet a need too. Because they think that somehow their worth, their identity... Their reputation is going to be found and enhanced by how much they give. One of the classic stories of this in the Bible is Mary and Martha, right? These two sisters. And Jesus kind of comes to town because uh, he wants to visit with his cousins. And you've got Martha, who's the give, give, give. And she's cooking the meal and she's making the plans and she's cleaning in a room. And you got Mary who's just sitting with Jesus, getting, 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 getting. And what happens to Martha? She becomes angry at Mary and Jesus because she's giving, she's giving, she's giving, but she's not getting anything in return. Why was she giving? Because she thought her giving was going to impress Jesus. Here's why we need to live in this flow of giving and receiving, right? Because if we get without giving, we become greedy. But if we give without getting, we become exhausted. And so Jesus stands 
right in the middle of this tension. And he says, it's not about you becoming a getting person. And it's not about you becoming a giving person. It's about you becoming a person who gives and gets, who gets and gives. Because it is in this and that we enter into this glorious relationship with Christ who meets our needs that prevents us from going to one of these two extremes. Does that make sense? When we get without giving, we become greedy. When we give without getting, we become exhausted. And so Jesus says, become a person of giving and receiving. So back to Zacchaeus. They're in the living room. Verse 8. Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half of my wealth to the poor Lord. And if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Two things are happening here that let us know that Zacchaeus is learning what happens when we're able to embrace the end of giving and receiving. When we're able to embrace the end of giving and receiving, we start to become generous. We start to become generous. That's where the end leads us to. And he becomes generous because he starts to give people money to people he hadn't cheated. He says, I'm going to give half of my income to the poor. Now think about this. The poor wouldn't have been taxed very much. He didn't make much money off the poor. Giving to the poor wasn't about restitution. This was about generosity. But to those he had scammed, to those he had made a lot of money off, he said, I'm going to give them back four times as much. You know, the law only required that he would give 20% back. He says, I'm going to give four times as much back. Why? Because I want to be generous. And Jesus said to this, because you are being generous, salvation has come to your house. Now, it wasn't the generosity that invited the salvation to come. It was the heart change that made him generous, right? But in this moment, he was embracing the end. This gospel of end. Jesus said, salvation has come to your house. You are now a son of Abraham. You know what Jesus was doing in that moment? He was affirming the deepest need that Zacchaeus had. He had been trying to meet this need by getting, but that wasn't going to fill it. It was that identity with God that would fill it. There was a crowd of people uh, mumbling because they think they didn't matter. And I think Jesus would have loved to have walked outside and said, hey, you guys, you can be sons of Abraham too. And their need would have been met as well. It's when we give and receive that we align ourselves with, with the flow of our God who gives and receives. When we get without giving, we become greedy and it separates us from God. 
When we give without getting, we become exhausted, and that separates us from God. And so the scripture teaches us that if we want to faithfully follow God, we have to have the right balance of giving and receiving, receiving and giving in our lives. How do we strike that balance? How do we strike that balance when advertisers would pull us to this side and needs would want to pull us to this side? We hear the words of Jesus say salvation has come to your house. You are a son of Abraham. You are loved by me. You are part of my family. You are part of my lineage. That's one of the things that the cross did. Stopped us being over greedy. It saved us from being over giving and trying to earn our salvation with our works. Because on the cross, we see Jesus who says, look at me. I am giving my life so that you can receive my life. He's inviting us through his example into this divine flow of giving and receiving. If we give without getting, we become greedy and it separates us from God. If we give without getting, we become exhausted and it separates us from God. But Jesus says, I'm giving myself to you. Would you receive what I have for you? So that you can live in that balance of giving and receiving and receiving of giving. 